What's going on in Canada? Why are we even asking that question? Who cares about Canada? Well, I'm going to tell you why you should care about Canada tonight. We have Sean Davis, a great light in the mood. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Not even my national anthem, and I found that was inspiring. What's going on? What, what, what's happening right now? Well, here's what's happening right now. Canada has a dirty, disgusting communist tyrant as the head of state, Justin Trudeau. He is a scumbag. He's always been a scumbag. He continues to pass down vaccine mandate after vaccine mandate after vaccine mandate on the Canadians. So what happened? What's, what's all the hubbub about? Well... I have good news and I have bad news. I'm going to give you the good news first. The good news is regular people rose up. Canadian citizens rose up. Truckers rose up. And let's, let's pause there for a moment. Because, well, I don't think anybody who watches my show looks down on truckers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that to you. I, I, I do think we don't appreciate them enough. And I, myself included. I'm not pointing any fingers here. I want you to do something. We've done this before on the show. I want, you to, I want you to look around you right now. I know it's going to be hard to take your eyes off of me, but I want you to look around you. Everything you see was on a truck at some point in time. You don't think about it, right? When you think about truckers, what do you think? Oh, he's going, going a half mile an hour past the other guy in the left lane, jerk. That's what you think. I know, it's normal. I've yelled at him too. The truth is, truckers make the world go. They do. And if they get to a point, if you push them to a point where they decide they don't want to make the world go anymore, well, you're going to be in very serious trouble as a nation. You see, when it comes to making a nation go, there's nobody more important than truckers. Not those saintly doctors we've heard so much about, not the lawyers, not even cops, not the military, not the politicians. Nobody plays a more vital role in keeping a nation going than truckers. And so the truckers of Canada decided they've had quite enough. And now there is not only a massive protest going on in Canada right now, it's growing. It's not like there was a day and it was, at, and it was gone. This protest is growing. This is gigantic. This has the ability to be, well, capability to be world-changing starting to catch on. Justin Trudeau, the dirty communist in Canada, when this thing first got going, tried to dismiss it as just some fringe groups. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other 
is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Unacceptable views in the West, in the free countries? Unacceptable views, how about that? And let's go, we're still on the good news portion now, but the good news is it sounds likers in the United States of America are going to get down on this too. Is there any plan to descend on Washington, D.C. by the U.S. truckers that you're aware of? Yes. Yeah. When is that going to take place? Uh, that, that we can't say because we don't know for sure. Okay, but there is something in the works about the same thing yes. in, in the U.S. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. And I will tell you, I can't give out names, I can't give out details, but I get plenty of emails to my show. Every email to my show is anonymous, even the death threats. I've had plenty of emails to my show from truckers backing that up. There's something coming here in America, too. Those Canadian truckers are not going to be left all alone. The tyrants are afraid. Justin Trudeau is so afraid of this now massive protest He's in hiding. They had to cart him away in hiding. Ottawa looked like a Mardi Gras. Fireworks, packed streets. The tyrants. Here's the thing. And we're still on the good news portion. I'm going to get to the bad news in a second. Here's the thing about the tyrants of the West. They're always afraid. Now, this is the normal case with tyrants, period. Period. You think about a tyrant from any other walk of life. Stalin, Hitler, Gaddafi, I don't, I don't pick your tyrant when you dig into them and find out the things they believed and the things that were going through their head. They were almost always afraid, paranoid, the boogeyman. They might come to get me. Is this my last day? They're not happy people. They're miserable, paranoid people. The tyrants of the West are no different. Whether we're talking about Justin Trudeau or whether we're talking about Joe Biden, they're very aware that the majority can stop everything they want like that. They bank on you and me and everyone else not realizing that. They bank on us feeling helpless and afraid and we can't do anything, but we're not helpless. We are not. We may be afraid of time to time, but we are not helpless. Justin Trudeau, there's nothing he can do to get those trucks back on the road. He can do what all tyrants do, threaten, hide, but... The truth is, the majority, the real power, lies in the hands of a trucker. Now, that's all the good news. It, it is great news because this will catch on and appears to be catching on. Here's the bad news, and this is going to be a little sappier than I normally get. Might sound a little hokey. Full disclosure, it might sound a little hokey here. Kind of bums me out. And this is what I mean. Obviously, I'm thrilled about the protest. I'm thrilled about little snut-nosed communists like Trudeau hiding in fear. I love all that. Tyrants should live in fear. I love all this. Why Canada? Why not us? Why did it take two years and then our friendly neighbor to the north was the one who finally stepped up to tyrants and made tyrants afraid, made tyrants fear? Why wasn't that America? Why wasn't that America on day one? Because I, I want you to understand something. Whatever your feelings about COVID and lockdowns and vaccines or anti-vaccines, I, I don't care. Whatever you're feeling about all this stuff, American politicians don't have the authority, have never had the authority to point to you and say you're not essential. 
your business isn't essential. Go home, shut down, lose your job, lose your career, lose your business. Child, go home, hide. Don't, so, don't associate with your friends. Don't exercise. American politicians, because we have a different set of laws, a different constitution, we have a different set of rules in this country, American politicians don't have the authority to do what they've done. On day one of 15 days to slow the spread, those protests you saw, that should have been America. Not even day two, not week two, not year one. Day one, Americans universally, Republican, Democrat, left, right, Americans universally should have said, I'm sorry? Did you, did you just try to tell me I wasn't essential? Oh, no, 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 no. I'll see you in the streets. That should have been day one. And it wasn't. I don't know what we lost. I don't know when we lost what we lost. But I know this. We better get it back. That should have been us. Land of the free. I hand that line to Canada. Which brings us to something else. The crime crisis in the United States of America has claimed another victim. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. I know that was hard to watch. To be honest, we had a discussion whether or not we were even going to play that. That is, of course, the widow of Jason Rivera, NYPD cop who was killed last week. His partner, Wilbert Mora, was also killed by someone who should have been behind bars. The reason we chose to play it for you is this. I think it's important everyone understands that behind all these debates we have, crimes, hard on crime, soft on crime, bail reform, all, all these things, there are consequences. It has a face. Communism has casualties. Let, let's do remember, too, don't be under the impression that these communist DAs like Bragg, who are turning violent criminals loose, who are committing more acts of violence, don't be under the impression these communist DAs are looking around right now going, dang it, can't believe you hurt someone else. This is going exactly as planned. They turn violent criminals loose, so they will commit more acts of violence, making people more afraid, creating a feeling of instability in a society, and forcing people to look to the government for help. This is standard communism. It's been done forever. And, and look how cold these people are. This is an actress, now fired. She couldn't believe the traffic. We do not need to shut down most of lower Manhattan because one cop died for probably doing his job incorrectly. 
they kill people who are under 22 every single day for no good reason and we don't shut down the city for them so like this is ridiculous this is ridiculous what if somebody is having a heart attack in this area nobody can get to them because it's all blocked off for one cop I want you to understand that that's what you're up against I want you to understand that's the level of humanity you're up against. Oh, don't think she was alone. There was a teacher in Brooklyn. I want to make sure you heard what I just said there. A teacher in Brooklyn where you're dropping little Aiden, Jaden, and Braden off at school to be educated seven, eight hours a day. I want you to understand these are the people who teach them. What did that teacher want? That teacher wanted an SUV to plow through the thousands of cops there, just like in Waukesha, Wisconsin. This is who we're dealing with here. Oh, you thought it was just those two? You'd be wrong. You see, there's going to be another funeral. The communists have plans for that one. Bro, but if I'd have known about that mother funeral, I would have that sh up, bro. All the way. 100% out of that sh up, bro. I can't wait. I'm looking for the next cop funeral. I'm going to it up, bro. I'm telling you, I'm going to that sh up. Help make news ASAP. That's what you're up against. Now. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have the great Liz Wheeler joining us next. She's going to talk about what's going on in Canada in much, much more. But first, I, I know you love your Eden Pure. I get my emails all the time, and I get emailed every single day. Jesse, I thought you were lying about Eden Pure. It's the best thing ever. I, I get them all the time, all the time. I got one last week. I read it on the air on my radio show. They bought one for every room in the house. They own seven of them. I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. Not just for what it does for your allergies, it cleans the air. You walk in your home, you can taste it. And they have a three-pack on sale right now. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, you get three of them for under 200 bucks. That's $200 in savings. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back with Liz Wheeler. trucks around Ottawa and in Ottawa. There's 20,000 trucks in fields. They're coming up. I've seen uh, most of the main arteries coming in. There's got to be, as far as I can see, there's at least four or five blocks full. Could be miles. I don't know. That's glorious. Joining me now, obviously, of the Liz Wheeler show is Liz Wheeler. Liz, man, it, it sucks we're looking to Canada for freedom, but daggone, it's inspiring. Hi, Jesse. Yeah, it's amazing. It is disappointing that we haven't seen this same outcry here in the United States, but it's not U.S. truckers that are facing what the Canadian truckers are facing right now, which is these draconian mandates that not only impact their own livelihood, but impact the supply chain in Canada. It, it's amazing. It's actually amazing to contrast. If you contrast what's happening with Joe Rogan and Spotify and then compare it to what's happening with the truckers, this should be a lesson to conservatives, not to try to elevate celebrities to be our saviors, but to count on grass roots individuals you know maybe one and a half million of them showing up um in ottawa to protest trudeau Th this is amazing this is actually going to make a difference i think it's amazing 
Liz, can you unpack for me why that didn't happen here on day one, when 15 days to slow the spread was announced, why didn't the land of the free do exactly this? Yeah, this is the million dollar question, right? This is something that I have found to be a little disheartening, a little disappointing throughout the course of COVID-19 since the very beginning. I actually thought the American people would reject in large part the lockdowns. I, I lived in California at the time, actually, and the first lockdown was enacted in March of 2020 by Gavin Newsom. I remember tweeting about five minutes after he handed out this dictate, Gavin Newsom is an insane tyrant, and that tweet went viral, and I thought to myself, good, a lot of people are thinking the same thing. This is never going to be accepted in red States. This is going to be rejected at the federal level from the Trump administration. And I was extremely disappointed and disheartened to see that it wasn't rejected, that it was accepted actually by a lot of conservatives. Um, and not just the 15 days to slow the spread, the masking, the mandates, the vaccine without question, the universal vaccination, this idea of universal vaccination, even when the vaccine isn't about public health, it's about individual medical choices. It's It's been very disappointing to see um, the right react like this. Now you said unpack this, not just moan about it. So in my opinion, and I think that this is proven by empirical evidence, this is something that the seeds have been planted for this for a long time. And what I mean by that is we have been conditioned as the American people, we've been conditioned to accept authority with deference, to accept authority without questioning, not to be skeptical, not to question, not to be independent minded for a long time. And the root of that, is the public school system, or at least the seeds were planted in the public school system to teach children that they should just accept authority without questioning. And of course, those children, once they graduate and they export this to the real world, to their jobs and to their everyday life, to their politics, th this is how it manifests. This is the outgrowth of that. What happens is we have a citizenry that doesn't question authority, that doesn't realize or doesn't remember that our politicians work for us, that the mainstream media is supposed to serve as a questioning force against politics and against big pharma and other big interests. And so we, we, we live in this society where, unfortunately, a lot of people are willing to accept authority, if you will, or hierarchy is probably a better word for it. They're willing to accept hierarchy versus accepting the discomfort of questioning that hierarchy. But I say this, and I know that sounds negative, but it seems like the tides are starting to change with how many people listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, with this trucker convoy in Canada. It seems like people are about to say enough. Liz, what you just described, I, I, I don't have any disagreement with it, by the way, sounds like a serious systemic problem, though. That sounds like something that is really, really entrenched, that has deep roots. How do we go about reversing the mindset of an entire nation? I mean, if you have an entire nation, I mean, I realize it's not every person, but if you have an entire nation that sits back, yes, daddy, government, I'm not essential. Well, that's kind of a big deal. How do we, how do we unpack that? Or how do we unravel that, I should say? Yeah, I think there's two there's two things we have to do. First of all, we have to stop it. We have to stop what's happening before we can change the mindset of all the millennials who've been brainwashed by this, all the millennials who've been indoctrinated in this hierarchical structure. We have to say, all right, let's prevent the next generation from suffering the same indoctrination. So that's actually what we're seeing right now. You know, the school boards across the country where parents are taking over, rejecting critical race theory, where we see parents and students alike rejecting transgender bathrooms and gender ideology, where we see curriculum transparency laws, we see school choice being supported not just by Republicans and conservatives, but by Democrats and liberals. And yes, people of color, the black community as well, and Hispanics and Latinos all support school choice. It's the white liberals in Washington, D.C. who oppose it. So in all these different areas, we are trying to cleanse our public school system of this indoctrination, of this hierarchical 
mindset and instead teach skepticism, teach learning, teach critical thinking and independent thought here. So that's the first thing. We have to stop the indoctrination and then to reverse the indoctrination that millennials in particular, I think millennials have been the worst sufferers of this. That's where that's when we have to just talk in reality what you're doing what i'm doing again i hate to i hate to say joe rogan because i was disappointed in his kind of apology his kind of bending the knee to the rage mob that he posted on instagram this morning but i mean people like joe rogan talking to dr peter mccullough talk, talking to dr robert malone talking to individuals who are highly credentialed highly qualified individuals who are questioning this quote-unquote consensus which is a word i hate this consensus from they claim it's from the medical community it's really from big pharma and big government um telling us how we have to live and how we have to think it's only through exposing that reality that millennials are going to stop and say well wait a second have we been lied to and the answer of course is yes i have a little video here of joe scarborough i'm sure you've probably seen it but hang on where were these protests when people were required to take get five vaccines to start school? Where were these protests when people were required to give their children five vaccines? They were in the doctor's office getting they, vaccines. Sorry, they were in the doctor's office getting vaccines. They were making fun of left wingers on the West Coast for being loopy anti-vaxxers. Okay. Now they have met the enemy and the enemy, their enemy, themselves because yes. they've become what they hated they've become what they mocked and now they're taking food from soup kitchens because they're so put upon for being asked to do what they've been asked to do required to do their entire lives coming it's up. a cult Liz, why would an American media host be so offended by Canadians in a protest? I don't understand I mean, he's such an intellectual lightweight. That argument is so ridiculous. It's embarrassing for him that he would put it on air. So a couple of problems with this. First of all, it's not comparable. The COVID-19 vaccine is not comparable to any other vaccine because the COVID-19 vaccine was created very quickly. It has no long-term studies about any kind of side effects. It hasn't been studied adequately. Even the original Pfizer studies were cut short by Dr. Fauci because he wanted to present the vaccine the way he wanted to present it and not based on the results of the study. So that's the first thing. The second thing is he's ignoring, he's ignoring, Scarborough's ignoring something very critical and that is people like me have actually been speaking out against vaccine mandates for a long time for exactly this reason. So in California and in Maine, for example, two states do not allow parents to have religious or philosophical exemptions to childhood vaccines as a requirement to attend the public school system. Now, you can argue that not many parents want those religious or philosophical exemptions. You can argue that those vaccines are safe, whatever. I don't care what your opinion is on childhood vaccines. But the principle of the thing is that gave a lot of power to the government to say your religious beliefs are on a lower rung of the ladder than our political agenda, on a lower rung of the ladder than what public health officials deem important to so-called public health, these same public health officials that have been lying to us about COVID-19 for the past two years. So people like me have spent the last five years speaking out against mandates, against mandates for children to attend public school with these vaccines. And we have said this has to be parents' choice. It has to be up to the parents because if we put government in charge of it, what is the limiting principle? I actually remember sitting on my old show and using that exact line. I said, what is the limited principle? This isn't about the vaccine itself. It's not about the efficacy or the wisdom of getting your child vaccinated or the arguments against it. This is about the political question. What limits the politicians to applying this mandate, this dictate to 
just these childhood vaccines. If we give them this power, it's not a question of whether they will abuse it. It's a question of when they will. Liz Wheeler of the Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you, Liz. I'm glad you got to talk to me. Thanks, Jesse. My buddy Sean Davis of The Federalist joins us next. But first, Northwest Retention Systems. I know I've brought this up before, and you're going to have to forgive the personal note, but I'm sorry, it means a lot to me. You, you've heard me talk about Northwest Retention Systems a lot, about the quality, everything's custom-made, custom-made here in America, how this is a family company. You've heard me talk about all these things. Yes, I know they have really cool designs. I get that, but I've told you this. We had a kid in our neighborhood needed help, needed some equipment, just lost his father unexpectedly. One phone call, actually it was one text message to Northwest Retention Systems, that kid doesn't need gear anymore, won't need gear for some time. It would, the answer was yes, Jesse, of course, no problem. Be happy to bless him. Shows up in the mail like that. I like working with people like that. I like supporting people like that. And look, it's the best quality gear I've ever had in my life. Go to nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE. Save yourself some money. You save 10%. nwretention.com. Code is JESSE. We'll be back with Sean. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go on to the court. So I don't, concede that, I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court, making the court more like America in the history of our country. We've only had uh, five women serve mm -hmm. and two African-American men. Aren't you excited about the GOP taking power again? Man, I don't know about you. They are, I, it feels like they've really learned their lesson. They're getting ready to take this country back with the stuff you care about. Joining me now is my friend Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, can you please explain to me why we play the left's game on the left's field with the left's referees enforcing the left's rules at all times? It drives me insane. Yeah, it's, it's completely ridiculous. There's a term that they used to... Uh use in Eastern Europe uh, and parts of the Soviet Union called controlled opposition, where the ruling regime has no problem with uh, what you have to say as long as you say it within the very narrow bounds, the very narrow constraints that they created for you. And this almost seems like a classic example of it where we're only allowed to argue within this frame that Biden has created on who should be a good Supreme Court justice. And my apologies to Lindsey Graham. Uh, I want someone who actually believes in the Constitution, the rule of law, and loves America. I don't care what color or creed or uh, gender or sex they happen to be. That's the way we used to actually pick stuff in this country. It is the way we used to, it is the way we used to do stuff around here. And that, that leads me into an uncomfortable conversation. Here's Donald Trump at his rally. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. Pardons? Do you agree? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to send any signal 
that it was okay to defile our capital. There are other groups with causes that may want to go down the violent path if these people get pardoned. So I don't want to do anything from raising bail to pardoning people who take the law in their own hands because it will make more violence more likely. I want to deter people who did what the, on yes. January the 6th and those who did it, I hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them because they deserve it. Sean, before we even get back to Lindsey Graham again, okay, Donald Trump comes out with kind of a lukewarm defense of January 6th protesters who've been rotting in a political prison for a year. What took so long? It's a great question. It was kind of obvious from the beginning what the, uh, the ruling regime was doing is they wanted to use a, a handful of people who committed violence. Recall, most people didn't do anything of the sort as a, an excuse for cracking down on any sort of dissenters, anyone who uh, doesn't agree with the ruling regime. It's why they went and created what they call their uh, domestic counterterrorism unit. They want to use a speech that they don't like, protests that they don't like, as an excuse to spy on people they don't like. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of the uh, Russian collusion nonsense all over again. Sean, Donald Trump has been all over the map recently. He's been a vaccine salesman, which I railed on. He's been back, uh, getting back on message, it seems like, at rallies. What is, what is the Sean Davis opinion right now of Donald Trump? Because right now he looks like he's obviously going to be the nominee if he runs. What are we supposed to think about this? Well, Trump's always been a tricky guy to define because he kind of, uh, he, he doesn't operate according to the things that we expect politicians to do. Uh, my opinion is that he is obviously the leader of the Republican Party right now, and he will be the leader of the Republican Party until he chooses not to be. And when it comes to 2024, I, I see all these people hyperventilating about, well, is he going to run or what should we do if he runs? Uh, I've got news for you. If Donald Trump runs, he's going to be the nominee. That, that's just the, the fact of the matter. The guy's the head of the party. He was a successful, uh, when you look at the policies of his administration, a stunningly successful Republican president. And for everyone who's, who seems to think that their little uh, blog post or their whining on social media is going to either make him run or make him not run, it's, uh, it's folly. It's Trump. He's going to do what he wants. I have a little exchange here, a little Border Patrol exchange. Now, I'm assuming everyone in this video is about to be out of a job, but it was also pretty revealing on their thoughts on Biden and Mayorkas. We continue to do the job and the mission that we signed up for. We all signed up for it. We all raised our hand. It's kind of hard to say that. To the Constitution, not the it's not hard to say it. It may be hard for you to say it, no, but I've been doing this for 31 years. It's not hard for me to say it. Every day I wake up and I'm committed to this organization and I'm committed to each one of y'all. You're getting bogged down in the policies of the politics. We can sit here and argue about it till we're blue in the face, right? I've been doing this job as long as y'all. That's the problem. What's that? That's the problem, Chief. For, for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's I exactly can't hear you. For evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's exactly what's happening there. Good men are doing nothing. You're allowing the legal aliens you're, to drop off communities. You are doing something. No, sir, we're not. Sean, uh, the emails I get from Border Patrol guys, and there are a lot of them, I mean, it seems like they're on the verge of a full-blown revolt, and it's year one. Border policy ain't changing for another three years, no matter what. Right, and the border policy of this administration is that American borders don't exist. 
you know, it's fascinating to watch uh, this regime complain about incursions on Ukraine's border. We have to go, we have to send young men to go give life and limb to protect Ukraine's border. When it comes to our own border, nobody seems interested in this government, in, in this particular administration, uh, in actually taking care of it. Yeah, so uh, if you're a Border Patrol officer right now, man, I respect you, but I feel bad for you because you're not going to be allowed to do your job. Just like police uh, throughout 2020 and even uh, into 2022 were not allowed to do their jobs because the vocal left decided that they wanted to be in charge. They wanted to be the power. And the only laws they wanted to enforce were whatever dictates they uh, believed in. Speaking of police, it actually brings up this, obviously, New York killing. Everyone knows about these two NYPD officers. God rest their souls. Sean, it seems like this crime wave in cities is furthering the divide of the country. It's accelerating, I guess I should say, the divide of the country at a faster pace than it even was going. There appear, and It looks like in about five years there are going to be blue hellholes that are unlivable and then normal America. I think five years is pretty generous. Just look at uh, yeah. Chaz in the Northwest. Uh, look at Portland. Uh, look at New York City right now. Uh, when law enforcement is not allowed to do its job, uh, when the rule of law is not allowed to be enforced, what you have is lawlessness and anarchy. And that's exactly what we have in so many blue cities across the country. There's a reason when you see this nonsense that you only see it in blue cities and blue states. You don't see it in rural America. You don't see it in red states because the people there aren't going to stand for it. So you're seeing right now, in stark contrast, right in front of you, the difference between red governance and blue governance. Sean Davis, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, sir. All right. This Week in Wokeism, next. Joe Rogan, Spotify, we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about this. I understand shopping for health insurance is no fun at all. I, I get that. And let me ask you something. When's the last time you had a health insurance company you were proud to work with? You enjoyed so much, you're actually working with them on other projects. I found one. One Share Health. It's a faith-based group, which I love. It actually matters to them. They treat people right. Their prices are outstanding. Their coverage is outstanding. Whether it's just you, whether it's a whole family, they have your values. Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, and that actually gives you 75 bucks off. Oh, and did I mention? 5%. 5% of your monthly, it goes to veterans struggling with PTSD. PTSD Foundation and Camp Hope. The guys helping our guys get back on their feet. That matters to OneShare Health. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back with This Week in Wokeism. You may have heard a lot recently about Joe Rogan and Spotify. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I choose to reach out to different people in my life to gauge what the general public thinks about a news story or what they hear about a news story. And so I don't live in D.C. I don't live in New York. I live in Texas. I don't hang out with political people. I hang out with just normal people, same as you do. I hang out with mechanics and restaurant owners and managers, and that's, those are my people. So I started asking some people over the weekend, hey, what, what do you think about Joe Rogan and Spotify? What do you think about Joe Rogan and Spotify? And this is what I got a lot of. Now, granted, I got a lot of I'm mad about it. I don't get it. But I got a lot of this. What's Spotify? 
And Joe Rogan, he's he's the fear factor guy. Look, I think that's ridiculous because Joe Rogan is huge, but I want to make sure I never talk around people. You got to make sure people understand what's going on. So let me give a quick update here before I give an update here. I wish I'd phrase that differently. Joe Rogan has a gigantic podcast called the Joe Rogan Experience. I'm pretty sure it's by far the biggest one in the United States of America. It can be found on Spotify. Now, I'm not going to look down my nose at you if you don't know what Spotify is, because I kid you not, I think it was two weeks ago, my radio producers came up with a Spotify list for my radio show. And I had to ask them, what's Spotify? Apparently, it's something you go listen to music there. So that's, it's a place you go listen to music and apparently podcasts, right? Joe Rogan is not some fire-breathing right-winger. Let's, let's make sure we're clear about this, in case you don't know who he is. He's not me. He's not you. Joe Rogan was a Bernie Sanders guy. But Joe Rogan is a guy, has an open mind, and he has all kinds of people from all over the spectrum on his show. He has CNN losers on his show. He has... A, People from everywhere, far, far right, far, far left, everywhere. Joe Rogan has them all on. Well, recently, Joe Rogan has had two doctors on. And I mean highly, highly decorated doctors, guys with all kinds of plaques and stuff on the wall. Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone. These are guys who are not saying the same things everyone else is saying about coronavirus, lockdowns, the vaccine, if we're still calling it that. They're saying other things. Joe Rogan just had them on, talked to him about it, let them say their piece. Well, it's not exactly news, it won't be news to you, that the system has one message on coronavirus that matters. No, you can't treat it with anything. Everyone's going to die. Get a vaccine and nine boosters. If you say anything outside of that, you're considered some sort of heretic. Remember, we're dealing with communism here. We're dealing with the religion. I don't just say that. That's why people are treated this way. You're dealing with heresy in their minds. So what's happened? Well, since Joe Rogan has had these people on his show, the vicious communist mobs have started coming for him and his job. They've started blasting away at Spotify. You remember all that news last week about Neil Young is pulling his music from Spotify, and now we're hearing rumors about this musician might and this musician might, and there's this organized protest against Spotify. Now, what do they want? Were they protesting? They want Joe Rogan fired. That's what they want. Fired for interviewing doctors who have a different set of opinions. Remember when I just told you we were dealing with communists here? That's what they want. They want the man out of a job for that reason. How high does this go? We're just dealing with some online trolls? I don't know. Surgeon General of the United States of America seems to be on board. When it comes to how we root out the misinformation in society right now and give people access to actual inf accurate information, we've got to do several things. Number one, we've got to recognize that our technology platforms, whether particularly social media, these have a, an important role to play. These are the predominant places where we're seeing misinformation spread. Uh, these platforms have still not stepped up to do uh, the right thing and do enough, I should say, to reduce the spread of misinformation. This is about people's lives. And we have seen time and time again that misinformation costs people their lives. Uh, so, you know, we all have, a, this is not just about what government can do. This is about companies and individuals recognizing that the only way we get past misinformation is if we are careful about what we see and we use the power that we have to limit the spread of that misinformation. Uh, that's going to be a critical part of how we get through this pandemic. 
Yeah, that person should be arrested. The Surgeon General of the United States of America calling for the censorship of private citizens should be behind bars. I, I mean that. It's time to start arresting these tyrants. But setting that aside, okay, so the mob's coming for Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan finally today put out a little video on Instagram addressing the outrage, addressing Spotify. Here's some of what he had to say. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. Neil Young has removed his music from the, the platform of Spotify and uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, apparently some other people want to as well. Um, I'm very sorry that they feel that way. I, I, I most certainly don't want that. Uh, I'm a Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. I want to thank Spotify for being so supportive during this time. Uh, and I'm very sorry that this is happening to them and that they're taking so much heat from it. So if I pissed you off, I'm sorry. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Spotify. Thank you all the supporters. And, and even thank you to the haters because it's good to have some haters. It makes you reassess what you're doing and put things into perspective and and uh, I think I think that's good too. Spotify is now going to put a label on misinformation. I want to keep and I want everyone to keep in mind as I'm about to make a prediction here. That's exactly what Twitter did to Donald Trump right before they kicked him off. Now, business side of this, you should probably understand. Joe Rogan gets paid a fortune by Spotify and makes a fortune for Spotify. He's very popular. He's very, very talented, very good at what he does. I like him. I like the guy. Seems like a very, very nice human being. Joe Rogan's going to get fired. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's going to be fired and be a very, very, very rich man. But one thing that I've come to realize is we are led by cowards and monsters now. The monsters are out calling for Joe Rogan's job because he said something they disagree with, and cowards run our corporate world. They don't know how to press ignore, say no. They cave in the end. Joe Rogan will get fired. Don't blame Spotify yet. Nothing has happened yet. That's just me making a prediction. I predict right now Joe Rogan won't be around very much longer. I very, very hope I, I very much hope I'm wrong, but that's the way it goes now. That's also why you support companies like The First. You think they haven't tried to cancel me about a thousand times? The First never cares. First just renewed my contract. They love it. You want to keep supporting a platform that supports free speech? I don't mean, I don't mean just says it. You know, they're not lip service. They actually support free speech. Become a supporter. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. And remember, when you do that, it's not as if it's some charity. You get things for it. Behind the scenes stuff, you get access to all of our specials on demand. Lots of those specials you can't see unless you're a supporter. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. You know what? I've often had this thought. 
about sports, when it comes to sports, I've often wondered what is the best feeling in sports? You know, if you're the, if you're the athlete out there performing something great, what is the best feeling in sports? Is it the uh, basketball player when he shoots a three and he knows it's going in? It's a great feeling, right? I've been there. Feels pretty good. Is it uh, the football player? Let's say you're super fast. I'm not, but let's say you're super fast. And all of a sudden you get by everyone and there's nothing between you and the end zone and you know you're gone and the crowd is cheering. What does that moment feel like? It's got to be amazing. But I, this is just an opinion. I feel like the greatest moment in sports has to be the baseball player stepping up to the plate, getting a pitch and crushing it and just knowing that ball is gone. Sit back and enjoy greatness. I'll see you tomorrow.